<laughs> Welcome back, everybody, uh, to the Half Truth, and uh, you know where we're going to dissect uh, some different articles and give you uh, some thoughts and opinions, uh, give you some of the you know what they're talking about in the article, and then the, the actual truth, and maybe some of the half truths. So there's, uh, I know we got some good things in store today. I found an interesting one actually just before we jumped on. So um, let's go ahead and. Yeah. Yeah, let's dive right into it. So um, apparently today marks the day that uh, the big company BlackRock, which basically, uh, for those of you who don't know who they are, they're probably the largest asset manager in the globe, at least in the U.S. Um, second to, or you know, Vanguard would probably be another one. But long story short, they open up, uh, they launched a suite of target date fund exchange traded funds. So, you know, we've, we know a little bit about those target date funds, not our favorite thing for sure. <laughs> and, uh, but now they've got a BlackRock's got a suite of them. So uh, for those of you who I guess want to be lazy and not actually take care of their finances and retirement, maybe that's your, that's, that's what you should go with. I will say though, with it being an exchange traded fund, those are going to be cheaper products than a mutual fund. Typically, target date funds are focused on mutual funds. I'm not going to get into the, how they actually work, but most of them purchase, sell, you know, mutual funds in, in various asset classes. At least with an exchange traded fund, you'll save a little bit on cost. But at the end of the day, you know, target date funds, in my opinion, are going to be one of the worst things that you could do to save for retirement. If you don't want to do anything, sure. But usually when you don't want to do things, what do you end up with? Something that you're not satisfied with. So I would say invest back, a little bit. Sorry, go ahead. It goes back to what we talked about last week. You know, the the lawsuits that are coming out. It's just another way right. for them to double dip on the fees. You know, that's yep. just, it's that just shows that those lawsuits are going to mean nothing. Like let's say they they win, but they're just going to keep doing it. You know, nothing's uh -huh. going to stop them from doing that. People are going to forget about it and just going to roll into something new. So what do they say? They just <clears throat> repackage up the, the shit and sell you a new bag of shit. <laughs> exactly. With a new bow on it or something. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, everybody listening to, you know, we don't, we don't get together. We don't share the articles that we're going to do. So that, that was a new one to me and, and everyone that he brings forward and I bring forward, we haven't like, rehearse this like this is just new information for both of us that we're sharing with each other yeah and i mean back to um, you know like you said more more money that's going to be taken away from the investor and the work the hard worker who's contributing to their retirement whether it's a 401k ira roth whatever you want to call it um so yeah beware of those things you know and and really you know, when I when you read the article and I and this I'm going to talk about this on a few of the other articles, I, I'm really I get tired of reading these articles of like, you know, well, you know, what would you do if I'm, you know, such age with X amount of money, you know, and then every person who writes the articles like what well, always depends on your circumstance. Well, no shit. Of course it does. <laughs> And if you're actually reading that article, you probably, you know, who really reads those? I see them all the time and I'm like, well, maybe you should take life into your own hands, maybe do a little bit of research and not read a dumb article that talks about, hey, it all depends on, you know, what your circumstances are. Anyways, we'll get into that because the, <laughs> the two other articles are 
<laughs> yes. <laughs> Sorry. But right, yeah, well, so Black I'm gonna launcher. Up. Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, oh no, I was just going to say, gonna yeah, that up. was. <laughs> you go ahead, buddy. We have a we have a leg on video today. Um, mine always starts with Jim Cramer. Only this time on the lighter side, I'm not going to rip on Jim Cramer, but he interviewed my man crush Ryan Reynolds, and Ryan Reynolds um, over the last few years has made over 450 million dollars. And but he insists he's not a pro investor. He says experts have forgotten more investing knowledge than he'll ever know which is true for, for most people. I mean, even every advisor, there's always somebody smarter and understands it better and things like that. Um, the kick that I get out of it is that he didn't make his money in the stock market. You know, he made all of this money by investing in real business. You know, that's where it's not necessarily a skill, but it takes time and effort and massaging and, and doing things. I mean, look at what he's done over the last couple of years with what he's invested in. He's not talking about making $450 million in the stock market. Like that's, that's a crapshoot. That's a casino. He's investing in real stuff, which they don't talk about that. And dickhead Jim Cramer doesn't mention that at all. Well, we know he didn't make it from Green Lantern. Right, <laughs> I, mean, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Thank God that's never mentioned that movie again. <laughs> <laughs> I did actually see that, mean? not that, Noah, uh, to your point, not that I knew you were going to talk about that, but I did happen to come across the, uh, at least the, uh, the clickbait tagline for that. Um, but yes, it, you know, to your point, there's, you know, you look at George Clooney, another example, you know, somebody mm -hmm. that didn't make his money in the stock market, owning gold, owning bonds, owning NVIDIA. No, he made it in Batman Returns, where he played probably the worst Batman. But, you know, that's up for debate. Um, no, you know, he made most of his money as an actor. And then, of course, investing in, like Patrick said, businesses, things that are alternative. We did touch on that in one of our previous articles. But, by the way, I just got to mention, I'm, I'm really digging the uh, grandma bedspread you got behind you there. <laughs> Oh, I know, right? Isn't that thing cool? <laughs> Very fashionable. Even it real. I got the, the Dumb and Dumber poster for those. You can't see the other ones, but there's a Tombstone poster as well as a Pirates of the Caribbean. So I've got them all in this here, is, but this, this is, is my, my favorite. Room, by the way. He, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> all, right, all right, so moving on. Yeah, so my next my next article will go right into kind of where I left off before was, you know, so this one's titled Four Ways to Grow $100,000 into $1 million for Retirement. So I'm going to I'm going to run through these bullet points to you. Luckily, there's only four and then I'll tell you what's good and bad about all of this. So once again, to so $100,000, $1 million when you retire basically a 10xing your portfolio and in this article they say over 30 years which okay you know that's somebody that's starting out putting money in or had saved a little started would call it when they were 30 and they grew it to a million dollars when they turned 60 so first one go with high quality real estate investment trust second one find uh, growth with companies excuse me find a growth company with a big moat 
Three, find growth company or find a growth company that's ramping up its growth cycle. And four, <clears throat> write a can't miss trend. So I'm going to open this up for both of us. I see you already laughing because I was laughing at this when I, uh, when I first started reading it. Cause I'm like, really uh, go with high quality real estate investment trust. So Patrick, let's pick this part a little bit. Uh, though I like, we both are investors in real estate and love real estate. I think there's probably, a, there's not enough information here. It's very ambiguous. And um, if you, you know, go ahead and touch on a point or two and then I'll follow up with some of the ones I was going to mention. Well, yeah, and I don't want to get too deep into this, but to go back to your original thought of the other one, of the Ryan Reynolds one, the clickbait, you know, that title was a clickbait to get people to click uh -huh. on. And out of the four, they're all focused on the stock market, which again, counteracts what we just talked about with the Ryan Reynolds thing of making money outside the stock market. You know, and that's every, every article, everybody's focusing on that stocks are the only game in town. And then to your other point of, not this is an investment advice for everybody or it depends on the person's specific situation so i mean these articles are all the same you know when we get into it and just stupid and when a real estate trust that's a liquid investment that's going to go down with the market you know right now yep. if you look at what real estate trusts have done this year they've tanked just like the stock market has yep yeah and i i would just add that you know if you look at so for anybody that watches this and, and perhaps patrick and i can throw up a chart but um if you look if you go back to call it you know the year 2000 and then all the way to now so call it from 2000 to 2010 you know we'll say 2008 right before the financial crisis you know these so we had the dot-com era right that came and left pretty quick then we had a whole era of, you know, where we were, interest rates were really low. We were trying to get, you know, people were buying these adjustable rate, you know, or homes with adjustable rate mortgages, all of that fun stuff. So what I'm getting at here is once we hit, once we got through the financial crisis, through then until we got through it and started our growth pattern, you know, the stocks that were, were going up in those times, we're, you know, are going to be, we're completely different than the ones that went up from 2010 to 2023 to today. So my point is, is, you know, just because over the last 10 years, uh, a certain sector has had a ton of growth doesn't necessarily mean that the next 10 years, you're going to have the same kind of growth pattern, because I don't think and both Patrick and I've talked about this privately, as well as in other areas, that the next 10 years between now and call it 2030, 2033, you know, you're the, the high tech stuff, the high tech growth is probably not going to be where we're going to make our money. So I, I would just, you know, these things like we both, you know, beating a dead horse here, it's, it's very boilerplate, very, you know, uh, um, uh, what am I, why can't I think of the word? Um, a long winded way of saying the leaders in the past, after a reset recession, not the leaders going forward. <laughs> oh, thank you. So, sum that up with that. <laughs> there we go. But yeah, uh, so they're just very ambiguous about what they're trying to say. Yeah, and and yeah, they don't. They're just getting viewers is what they're trying to do. Getting people to read the article <laughs> is what they're going for the ads. Um, Yahoo Finance came out with one that said, and we're. I have a feeling we're going to start seeing more of these. Um, inflation is higher than the Fed wants. The problem could be its target. 
meaning the 2% target that the Fed has is too low, and now they need to adjust that to maybe 3%, 4% of inflation target rather than the 2%. And I think this is starting the trend of getting people in the mindset of be like, okay, it's going to be too costly, too hard to get down to that 2%, which is still astronomical at 2% inflation, um, to get people you know, used to a higher inflation going forward. And keep in mind, if we have a 4 5% ongoing inflation, that's going to be detrimental to retirements, to everybody's saving for retirement. Like, if that's going to be the new target, watch out. Like, that's scary. Well, you have nowhere for, you have nowhere for, you know, someone that's fairly risk adverse. I mean, at least right now, if, if we believe that, you know, uh, inflation is at 4%, you can go get a, what, a 12, 18 month CD for, you know, 6%. So at least you're slightly above it, not by much, but slightly above it. Right. Um, but yeah, to your point, well, real I mean, inflation is right. much higher than the 4% uh, uh, that they're reporting. Reporting, <clears throat> right. You know, I, that's yeah. a very good, uh, very good topic. I, you know, I think we could talk and about it, that. Well, it go goes ahead. into, you know, our segue from last episode, you know, the revisions. They come out mm -hmm. you know, every for the last how many months, um, you know, at least the last six months, they've revised their numbers. So they'll come out with a, you know, a print of a number to try and not scare people. And then they'll revise them down. So be, with, where people aren't paying attention anymore, you know, so that they can get it a little closer to the true value um, and not scare the masses into, you know, panic selling in the markets. Agreed. Um, well, uh, let's see here, moving along. Do you want me to talk about mine or we want to continue on with any more on that one? No, we can move on to the next one. Okay. So I've noticed, uh, this thing since we've, uh, we've started this and it's called, uh, I see it a lot on Yahoo finance, but I've seen it in other places. It's called ask an advisor. Here we go. More clickbait. Should I be moving stocks to bonds? I'm 65 and have 82% of my 401k in equities. Oh boy. So here we go. How old? A, I'm 65. Okay. So my biggest problem after reading through this article, and of course, opening line, here is the, I'll read the first part, just I'm not going to go through the whole thing, but it says, <clears throat> Let's see here, Bob. <laughs> well, it's not a satisfying answer. The real answer is here we go. It depends. Let me guess on what you do. You know your your lifestyle and what you're what you're thinking. You know, look at the end of the day. Of course, what this what this person's talking about in the article matters. You know what your lifestyle is. Those things. What they forget to neglect to talk about is. When you're 65, your runway is a lot shorter than when you're 55, 45, 35. So in my opinion, and I think Patrick, you'd probably second this. In my opinion, if you have a shorter runway, I don't even care if we were in 2012 and we had the next 12, you know, the next 10 years in uh, growth like we've had. You're 65. If something goes wrong, all that money that you've worked so hard for, it's going to take you far longer to recover. And that's what she, you know, one thing that they neglect to, they, they neglect to talk about. And that's kind of why I was saying, 
you know, the ambiguousness of a lot of these articles. And, you know, so yes, somebody that's 65, 82% of your portfolios in stocks and equities, well, based on throw out where our market's at right now, if it were me and I was telling this person what to do, I'd be like, hey, look, immediately we need to shift your portfolio because we, you need to preserve what you made. Why, why would you take that risk at all? <laughs> you go put you can go well, put and, your money. Go ahead. It's it's we're at the point like you're saying, you know, where we're at in the markets, you know, whether it was 10 years ago, but this is the same mindset of, of a lot of people. I feel like, you know, they've gotten people have gotten complacent. The easy money has been made and they think that the market will reset, but it'll come back to your point of the time horizon. Sure. It'll come back. Will it come back before you're dead at age 65? Probably not. You know, so it's it's all about the time horizon type of thing. And equities are a casino. So, yeah, I totally agree. It's it's asinine. You know, you should have come out straight out and said it. And, and that's the other thing is people need advice. They need a financial advisor. You know, you writing to an article and getting some ambiguous response is not going to help your portfolio, not going to help your situation. Right. You know, and I mean, think about this. If you're 65 years old and listening to this or myself putting myself as being 65, do I want to have the headache and stress of my portfolio losing 20, 30% in a given year at that age? No, I want to be sipping margaritas in Margaritaville and just collecting a decent percentage, maybe having a small amount that's maybe bigger because of my age at 65 that is exposed to more growth type situations. But I'm sorry, but if I'm 65 and I've got, a, I've amassed a decent 401k, IRA, whatever, the last thing I'm doing is keeping it in the stock market. To your point, gambling. And and we're not saying, yes, shift from equities to bonds because bonds have gotten hammered, no. you know, too. And unless you hold it to maturity, you know, you're, you're getting screwed on your bond purchase, too. So you have to be very strategic in your bonds. But there's a lot of things right now that, yeah, you can get a nice five, six, seven percent and sit and it's fairly secure. And you can just sit on that for the rest of your life and generate your income, you know, type of thing. But do I recommend putting everything in there? Heck no. No, never. Diversification um, is a real thing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm going to switch to the real estate market. So I don't, okay. a lot of people don't know I have my real estate license too. And obviously, when you sell a house, the broker gets a commission. So recently, and this has happened in the past too, recently, real estate brokers pocketing up to 6% in fees draws an antitrust scrutiny. You know, obviously, it's why every uh, real estate agent out there is saying now is a great time to buy. Now is a great time to sell. They don't give a crap about you. They want that 6% commission. Um, I know from selling real estate, the 6% commission is not, it should not be paid. They're not worth the 6% commission, especially 90% of real estate agents out there. They just don't know what they're doing. They're, they're you know, cowboys, they, they don't care. They just want that commission. They want that fat check. Um, and to be honest, they're, they're just paper pushes. So for them to get 6% now in the Midwest, maybe because the prices are smaller in California, definitely not. There's no reason that you should be getting a $60,000 check from a million dollar sale on a property. Like it's, that is just asinine. But 
this is just a short-term hiccup because of prices, it'll go away and, and agents will still be getting that 6%. Yeah, I would, I would add that uh, it's kind of like, um, you know, think about the subprime mortgages back before the financial crisis. You know, you had a lot of guys that went and took a test and could sell mortgages and didn't know, you know, sure, they knew what they were selling, but they didn't know what the economical factors were on what they were selling or care. And so you had yeah. or care, right? Well, because they had a Mercedes or they had whatever car that they purchased because they just closed, you know, the hundredth loan, uh, you know, for that year, whatever it was. Um, but, you know, so again, more cowboys creating more problems. I agree. I, I don't even yeah. get me started on real estate agents. <laughs> All right. What else you got? Uh, those were those those were my three um but i did have another thing that i wanted to uh let me see here i wanted to bring up and it was i think i'll just have you probably share it when we um when you create the uh or you know send out okay. the video what, rather while you, while you look at that i have uh one that we both will probably enjoy because we're both into aviation um oh yeah i watched the video on this before this article came out um, about the economics of doing this, but United has announced and they will debut a new boarding order to save time. Um, you know, Southwest does it best. Um, and the reason Southwest does it, and I'm not endorsing Southwest, they're a pain in the butt. You know, there's a lot of things I don't like about Southwest, but the reason why they do it better because they don't have all this priority boarding, the, you know, that you pay for extra or, you know, pre-board and all that type of crap. Um, in order for them to truly expedite this, they need to do away with all that and go with a certain strategy of how to get people in. There's, they've done research on this, um, of how to really expedite this. So this is just a, a pomp and circumstance of United to, to try and say, hey, we're doing better to get you on and you know all that type of stuff, when in reality, they're gonna do away with it. They're gonna, they're gonna roll this out, find out it doesn't work in the masses or it doesn't really save them time and they're just going to roll it back and go back to their old way. Well, that sounds like fun. You're going to be traveling a lot coming up here. So uh, are you flying Delta? <laughs> I'm on United on the next trip. Yeah. Well, actually, no, the next trip is, is Delta and then United after that. Oh, okay. Um. Well, I guess, you know, trying to keep it short, uh, you know, maybe we can bring this up for, uh, you know, next week's call or, or, uh, or video rather is, um, and I got a good chart I'll share with you, Patrick. Um, and it talks about uh, basically the, uh, you know, all of the corporate debt that's, you know, maturing over, you know, the next call it between now and 2030. And whether it's leverage loans, high yield investment grade, um, you know, and I think we might be able to have a good conversation around, you know, how people were borrowing money pretty cheap, you know, less than a handful of years ago. And, you know, <laughs> they were going out getting a loan, $50 million loan on 3% and then putting it in something that's gaining 6% or call it, you know, 3% and getting five. So they got a 2% there that they're making. Anyways, they, a lot of these loans or a lot of these, uh, yeah, loans that they borrowed against are, you know, going to be coming due over the next month and I heard the next few years. And I think this chart would be a fun one for us to talk about 
Well, guys, I think that's, uh, you know, what we got for today. Um, you know, please feel free to leave any comments or suggestions if you find an article uh, that you think is at least you want us to take a look at and we can give you the half truth on. Uh, let us know. But, uh, Patrick, it's always fun to do these things, especially in the last, uh, you know, what, three weeks, four weeks or so. Yeah. Be sure to tune in next week for another great episode. All right, guys. Well, the half truth today. We'll see you next week. Thanks.